the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-8192. That's 800-600-8192. 800-600-8192. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Greetings and salutations. Welcome, everybody, to the Chris Salcedo Show here on the Blaze Radio Network. want to welcome in uh, the folks from Facebook Live as well. Look, we, we weren't on last week because of the, the preparations for the 4th of July holiday. We had a lot of stuff to get in before we went on vacation, so we, we didn't have an offering on the Blaze Facebook page, and we're very sorry about that. But here we are once again. Big news day. A lot of things to cover. A telephone number first off. All you folks on, on Facebook Live. Get into the conversation. A lot of good things happening across the world, in particular where our president is, Donald Trump. And I would like to hear your feedback on some of it. Coming up in this uh, program, we'll talk to a retired brigadier general about some of the hot spots, in particular North Korea. 888 is the phone number to get in touch with the Chris Alcedo Show. That's 888-900-3393. Listening to the show live wherever you are on the planet. You can go to theblaze.com slash radio. If you download the Blaze Radio smartphone app, that's a great idea. Or the iHeartRadio app will also do. SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitchers. On-demand listening. SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. You're able to download the programming from this show and, and every show here on the Blaze Radio Network and listen to it on your schedule. Highly encourage you to do that. Uh, social media. What? Uh, where do I start? Okay, we'll start off on the Facebook page because I... I already told you folks on Facebook Live, there is a Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. Just type in The Chris Salcedo Show in the search bar there, and you can find us that way. What we do is we update all the stories we come across that are of interest to us. We post them on that page. That automatically updates Twitter, which is at Chris Salcedo TX, at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X, as in Texas, the freest state in the union. Uh... Also, uh, catch our presence on the Blaze.com, the channels section. Blaze.com channels. Uh, there's a little tab up there, and that's how you find us. Look, I we, we touched base on this extensively yesterday. And the reason why, it wasn't, it wasn't a huge deal as far as, as affecting your life per se. But the, the basket of bias press was in full meltdown over a retweet that uh, Donald Trump had put out there. You guys all have probably seen it by now. And you all have probably seen the avalanche of follow-up tweets. Oh, that's a, hold on a second. That's a cell phone that I inadvertently left on. That's what you got. Bob, yes, for all of you folks going, wait a minute, wasn't that the Star Trek communicator sound? It, yes, it was. Anyhow, where was I? Oh, yes. So the original retweet of this, this uh, old video footage of Donald Trump body-slamming Vince McMahon with the CNN logo pasted over the face 
of Vince McMahon and, and, and Donald Trump retweeting it, thinking it was funny. And it was. It was hilarious. Well, because of the way that CNN responded to this, and not just the four days of news coverage that spilled over to ABC and NBC and the other basket of bias outlet press, uh, not because of the over-exaggerated reaction from Ana Navarro, uh, who, who claimed it was a call to violence, just the reaction from the idiots. That aside, what CNN did after that is what gave, and to, to use the terminology of the news world, it gave this story more legs and it took on a different complexion. So let me explain. Right now, if you go on Twitter, you're going to see an avalanche of people doing exactly what this guy did, of making CNN the butt of everybody's joke. And they are. CNN is a national disgrace. CNN is a national joke masquerading as a news operation. Okay? And I've got more evidence of it coming up. But so right now you go on Twitter and the, one of the still the top trending hashtags is CNN blackmail. This is what they did. They used their resources to track down the actual guy who put together the original Reddit uh, CNN brand getting beaten up by Donald Trump. And what really? And not only did they do that, they also, they also coerced the individual who put this together saying, Oh, we're going to protect his identity because he said he was sorry, but we reserve the right to out him. If he starts doing things we don't like again, going against what we think is acceptable speech. And many people are going, wait a minute, that's not the job of a legitimate news organization. They're just supposed to, supposed to report the facts. They're not supposed to be the thought police. Ah, but CNN, they are not a news or, uh, organization, folks. These people are not dedicated journalists. They're dedicated Democrats. So CNN's Andrew Kaczynski goes out. Excuse me for hitting my table here. Uh, Andrew Kaczynski goes out and he finds... He finds this, this guy, actually reports out there, Twitchy has a report that maybe Andrew Kaczynski of CNN outed the wrong dude. It was somebody else who had taken his stuff and then modified a little bit and then retweeted it, and that was the one that the president actually shared. We don't know. Some, say, some reports say it was a 16-year-old that CNN outed. Others say it was a middle-aged guy. Well, it doesn't matter. The Gestapo-like tactics of CNN do matter. And it's what's made them the butt of so many jokes. The CNN brand is getting destroyed. Courtesy of Jeff Zucker, who is there now running the CNN operation into the ground. And don't get me wrong. There are plenty of folks on that channel willing and raring to go. <laughs> to driving their brand into the dirt. Because as I said, they are, they are extensions now of the Democrat Party, if not driving the Democrat Party agenda as the Democrat Party is no longer a national, a national party, courtesy of President Obama. So all of this is going on, and uh, the possibility of it being the wrong guy they outed, uh, Jim Acosta getting schooled by Donald Trump Jr., <laughs> It's just been a complete and utter mess. Meanwhile, Trump's over in Poland 
reminding Europe what America re- truly is about because they haven't seen the real America in the last eight years with President Obama in charge. And Jim Ac- little Jim Acosta, little Jimmy Acosta gets over there to Europe. And Donald Trump fields a question. As a matter of fact, let me just play the question. He is asked a question by a reporter about a dust, this dust-up with CNN that, that Donald Trump is winning. And oh, where's that Where's that dang pop-up ad at? Uh, sometimes the pop-up ads just spring up on this dang computer. All right, here is the, the question and the Trump response. Hold on. You started the whole wrestling video thing. What are your thoughts about what has happened since then? I mean, CNN went after you and has threatened to expose the identity of a person they said was responsible for it. I'd like your thoughts yeah, on that. Yeah, I think what CNN did was... Uh, unfortunate for them. As you know now, they have some pretty serious problems. Yeah, not least of which is Senator Ted Cruz, who was on this program yesterday, coming out saying, uh, yeah, they may have violated the law, not only U.S. law, but New York law, state law. And unlike CNN, Ted Cruz provides actual facts to back up his assertion. (laughs) So Ted Cruz says, yeah, they may have violated the law. And he starts listing the statutes. He goes on, uh, Ted Cruz goes on a Twitter rant yesterday, citing the statutes that CNN may have violated in going after this guy. And through threat, coercion, and intimidation in exchange for his silence. Oh, but we reserve the right. Chris Cuomo of the morning show there at CNN. This dude tweets out something that's very, similar to a violation of these laws he deletes the tweet and everybody's speculating now it's because legal got a hold of his scrawny butt and said dude you're setting us up for a lawsuit you're breaking the law so he deletes the tweet so this is what's this is what's happening over at cnn so donald trump as you heard he's asked a question from from an individual there and uh and so the president of the United States answers. Uh, they have been fake news for a long time. They've been covering me in a very, uh, very dishonest way. Do you have that also, by the way, Mr. President? <laughs> With CNN and, and others, I mean. Yeah, he, he, he turns over to the, it was a joint press conference. He turns over to uh, whoever was there with him in Poland. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't get to get somebody in, in, in government. Uh, anyway, he turns over you, you, the, the, the president, as he refers to him. You have that too, Mr. President? Uh, biased press over here? No, no. This NBC is equally as bad, uh, <laughs> despite the fact that I made him a fortune with The Apprentice, but they forgot that. Wow. But I will say that uh, CNN has really uh, taken it too seriously, and I think they've hurt themselves very badly. Yeah, it was a joke. And CNN devotes four days of coverage, resources to tracking this guy down, and then gloats on air about not only finding him, but says, oh, we're such good guys, we're not going to expose his name as long as he, as long as he promises to keep quiet. One of, the, one of the statutes that CNN may have violated was threatening and coercing with facts or with fiction to stop somebody from doing something that's completely lawful. Making a meme that mocks CNN is completely 100% lawful in this country. And CNN may have threatened or coerced this guy into not 
doing it anymore or else we're going to release your name. And in an era where left-wing crazies are out there shooting people, shooting Republican lawmakers, this guy probably had the fear of life put into him by all the people destroying cities, Ferguson and Baltimore and all the calls for violence from the American left. Probably so, so Jim Acosta, upon hearing this, he jumps on CNN and says the following. Unfortunately, this was not a surprise at all that the president would take the first question from an American reporter during his foreign trip here, uh, and that it would be from the friendly news media, friendly reporter, who teed up a question about CNN. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Acosta, this is what you and NBC and ABC and CBS did for resident Obama the last eight years. Matter of fact, I'm not the only one saying that. Ari Fleischer, the former press secretary for President George W. Bush, said, do you know how many cats who work in your business, Jim Acosta, left news to go work for Obama? Jim Acosta is delusional, and Trump is inside this guy's head. Now, uh, for all you folks on Facebook Live, I'm, I'm up against the clock. I got to go to a break. Jimmy Acosta wasn't, little Jimmy Acosta wasn't done yet. He had much more to say on CNN about Donald Trump getting a question from a reporter and answering it. And I, I guess, I guess Jimmy Acosta would have preferred he just didn't answer it because it spoke ill of CNN or it actually brought up the headaches that CNN brought upon itself. Uh, you want to get in touch with me, folks, please feel free to do so. You can call 888-933-93-888-900-3393 on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X or jump on Facebook and The Chris Salcedo Show. Be right back on The Blaze. He is quickly becoming the left's favorite pinata. Only problem is this pinata hits back. Chris Salcedo oh, on the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. As mentioned, ladies and gentlemen, it's out of control on Twitter. You get on, you get on the Twitterverse Everybody and their mother is making a meme to show CNN's brand getting devastated by Donald Trump. The latest one I just, <laughs> and I've been posting them on Twitter all, I mean, all day, all night, because some of them are so creative and so good. This one, and I thought nothing was going to be able to top the peanuts one. But this, this just so happens to be one of my favorite scenes from the Avengers. And you guys remember when Loki was getting beaten up by the Hulk? <laughs> Guess who's playing the part of Loki? That would be the CNN brand. <laughs> and who's doing the beating? That would be the Hulk played by President Donald J. Trump. It is my new favorite. We just posted it on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. It's right there at the tippy top. And uh, for all you folks on Twitter, it will be accessible for you there as well. But this, this is what has happened. Still trending now. Hashtag CNN blackmail. Still one of the top trending hashtags because CNN 
is doing more damage to its own brand. Donald Trump does not lift a finger. They are so beside themselves with hate and contempt for Donald Trump that they are doing things that grown-ups just don't do. Like show up on, well, I guess you can technically call it national television, but the, the audience is waning so fast that um, fairly soon, oh, maybe only elites in New York and California will be watching. Here's Jim Acosta. Just Donald Trump fields a question from a reporter, and Jim Acosta has a problem with him answering it. Uh, for the president to then go off on CNN as fake news, uh, to me, just made this entire spectacle seem like a fake news conference. He's adopting Donald Trump's language. That's, folks, what you just heard is the equivalent of, <laughs> well, I know you are, but what am I? Uttered by Jim Acosta, an alleged grown-up, an alleged journalist at CNN. It's, it's getting to the point of being ridiculous. Well, it is ridiculous. So Jim Acosta, because the president calls on who Jim Acosta is going to call conservative media. Uh, this was not an attempt by the president to uh, seek out a question uh, from somebody who was going to challenge him on the issues. Well, why the hell would he do that? Barack Obama didn't do that. Barack Obama had 17 sit-downs with CBS News. Softball sit-down interviews with CBS News. For the express reason that they, that they would be throwing him softballs. Barack Obama sat across from Glozell Green, Jimmy Acosta. The woman who takes baths in, in milk and cereal. How many, how many interviews did Barack Obama give to Fox News his entire occupation of the Oval Office, Jimmy Acosta? How many? You mindless twit. He didn't, he, what, three? Three? And there's a reason why it was three. Because he didn't want to be challenged by Fox News. But I don't remember you sitting there complaining very much about it, little Jimmy Acosta. You joke. He is a joke. Jim Acosta is a joke. Good grief, man. Uh, David Martosco and I have known each other for a long time. He covered uh, Donald Trump out on the campaign trail. I, I think he's a, a really good guy. Oh, wait a minute. He's a really good guy? Oh, so first he's conservative media. First he's friendly media to Trump. But he's a good, okay, now he's a good guy. But, boy, you're starting to sound more and more like Trump every day, Jim Acosta. Uh, but in this instance, I think the conservative news media uh, was being used here. And I, I, I do think that's unfortunate. Used here. Uh, so when a conservative, see, there's no such thing as conservative media. There's just media. I'm sorry. There should be no conservative media. No, he was a, he was a press outlet who didn't adopt your left wing bias as as his guiding light, Jim Acosta. You see, and we talked about this with Cheryl Atkinson when we had her on. And Jim Acosta is one of these cheerleaders. One of these cats who says, well, my liberal bias is real journalism. Uh, you asking straight down the middle questions of either Barack Obama or, or Donald Trump or whoever, that's what's conservative. And Jim Acosta is moving the goalpost right there. Absolutely amazing. So they're so butthurt over all of this. And that's what's dominating CNN. So you and I will have a conversation of what really was talked about over there in Poland. 
Donald Trump was greeted warmly by the country. They had to they had to organize individuals to be to be bussed in because there was such a demand to be there to watch President Trump. However, that wasn't spun that way by the liberal biased press. They're saying they had they had to find scant people just to bus in to watch him. Wasn't true. Be right back. The Chris Salcedo Show, part of Generation Blaze, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. There's one more thing. Uh, before I before we get on to serious matters of import to the nation, and nobody has ever accused Jim Acosta of being any import to the United States of America. Uh, Man, if they told CNN, CNN actually, uh, sorry, I had another pop-up ad pop-up. Uh, CNN aired Jim Acosta saying that uh, this, this uh, uh, press conference was fake news, a fake news conference. And then Jim Acosta starts berating Donald Trump over facts that he got wrong in this press conference. Let me read from the Washington Examiner. CNN correspondent Jim Acosta erred on Thursday when he said it was fake news for President Trump speaking Thursday in Poland to state that it was three or four intelligence agencies who concluded that Russia had meddled in the 2016 election. Speaking on CNN's New Day, Acosta wondered where Trump got the three or four figure. Now, if you are listeners to the Chris Salcedo show here on the Blaze Radio Network, not viewers of Jim Acosta, but if you are listeners of the Chris Salcedo show, you would all know that the New York Times had to retract that 17 agency claim. We played it for you in a, in a collection of sound bites from Hillary Clinton and others. If you were a listener of the Chris Salcedo show, not a, not a watcher or a viewer of Jim Acosta, you would know that the Associated Press also had to backtrack on its reporting that 17 intelligence agencies had concluded, had agreed universally that the Russians had meddled in U.S. elections. But apparently, the individual who fancies himself Mr. News, Mr. FaceTime, uh, didn't know that these retractions had been printed that these retractions had gone out, that indeed it was fake news when progressives, elected progressives, and yes, progressives inside of media jumped out there and said, 17 intelligence agents. It, It was not true. And only, I think it was the, the grand total was four, four agencies knew or, or said and concluded and agreed the others did not so Jim, so the president of the united states was better informed on this than jim acosta and jim acosta of cnn in his zeal 
to blast a president he truly despises, jumps on the air and makes a fool of himself. The other thing that was fake news coming from President Trump is when he said, well, I keep hearing it's 17 intelligence agencies that say Russia meddled in the election. I think it's only three or four, Acosta said. Where does that number come from? Where does this three or four number come from? My suspicion is that if we go to the administration and ask them for this question, I'm not sure we're going to get an answer, said Mr. Acosta. And the Washington examiner was quick to point out that the New York Times last week, however, prominently corrected its own reporting on this matter. (laughs) The Associated Press, I'm telling you this now, the Associated Press followed suit. And the well-informed Jim Acosta had no freaking clue. And do you know why Jim Acosta had no freaking clue? Because Jim Acosta tunes out news that could be of benefit to Donald Trump. Jim Acosta tunes out news that could be fair to Donald Trump. Doesn't even hear it. Writes it off as fake news, he does. So, um, I just thought that was rather interesting. That you folks, uh, if you listen to this show... You are more informed than Jim Acosta of CNN. Telephone numbers 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. Donald Trump spoke about North Korea when he was over in Poland today, earlier today. By the way, he's headed to Germany now. Uh, the G20 summit, which is, they're already breaking out the water cannons. We'll probably see some of this in the flip around the top of next hour. But um, anyway, here's Trump in Poland uh, talking about, well, um, North Korea and the ramifications of what North Korea has been up to. Concerned? I don't know. We'll see what happens. Let me restart that because you guys couldn't hear it because the volume was down. As far as North Korea is concerned, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I don't like to talk about what I have planned. But I have some pretty severe things that we're thinking about. That doesn't mean we're going to do them. I don't draw red lines. President Obama drew a red line. We'll just take a look at uh, what happens over the coming weeks and months with respect to North Korea. It's a shame that they're behaving this way, but they are behaving in a very, very dangerous manner, and something will have to be done about it. Well, I agree. Something will have to be done about it. Now, what what we're going to do is is very much up in the air. We'll discuss this with General Tato when we get him on in the next hour. Oh, by the way, uh, that that uh, soundbite list of of individuals and in the Democrat of the Democrat persuasion wrongly claiming that seventeen intelligence agencies agreed that Russian meddled. Here is that uh, that montage from the highest levels of the Russian government, clearly from Putin himself, in an effort, as seventeen of our intelligence agencies have confirmed, to influence our election. Seventeen agencies came to a consensus conclusion that we took the extraordinary step of making public. We have 17 U.S. intelligence agencies who have said uh, that Russia attempted to influence our election. 17 U.S. intelligence agencies issued a statement expressing their unanimous assessment. 
and they were all wrong. Donald Trump uh, taking aim at Russia. You know, the, the same country he's supposed to have been colluding with to win the election. Here is Donald Trump taking aim at Russia's economy and penning a deal with Poland to say, you know what, we're going to provide you with LNG, liquefied natural gas. So you're not, what, what Putin has been doing is he's been leveraging energy supplies to these, these former Soviet republics, the Baltic states, and using it as leverage to hold over their heads to make them comply with what Moscow wants them to do. So energy has been used as a weapon by Vladimir Putin. And here comes Donald Trump undermining that weapon with this statement. America is eager to expand our partnership with you. We welcome stronger ties of trade and commerce as you grow your economies. And we are committed to securing your access to alternate sources of energy. So Poland and its neighbors are never again held hostage to a single supplier of energy. Brilliant. And you could hear the cheers in the background. He was he was standing behind a protective bullet shield. So the applause from I guess I was estimated 15,000 people had showed up to greet him and they had to meter that because the area couldn't hold that many people. So they had to bring them in on buses to get to, to basically keep control of the population because so many people wanted to be there. That's my understanding. Uh, then Trump takes aim at Russia's ag- again and talks about their anti-democratic activities, their disruptive activities. Now, does this sound like a man who is in Vladimir Putin's pocket? To meet new forms of aggression, including propaganda, financial crimes, and cyber warfare, we must adapt our alliance to compete effectively in new ways and on all new battlefields. We urge Russia to cease its destabilizing activities in Ukraine and elsewhere, and its support for hostile regimes, including Syria and Iran, and to instead join the community of responsible nations in our fight against common enemies and in defense of civilization itself. So, uh, Donald Trump pledging to side with the Baltic states who had been abandoned. Let's be let's remember that they were abandoned by resident Obama when he came in. George Bush had penned an agreement for a missile defense shield for the Czech Republic in the polls. Obama said, let me be clear. We're not going to do that because Vladimir Putin doesn't like it. And I'm going to kiss Vladimir Putin's butt. And so Barack Obama puckered up, put his his lips right there on Vladimir Putin's butt. And our allies, the Czech Republic and the Poles, didn't have their missile defense shield. It was supposed to be to deter Iran. But Putin viewed it as aggressive against him because he wanted the ability to harm the Baltic states if he if he so choose to do so. And Bush said, no, you know what? There are allies. We're going to take care of them. And Putin was angry. Obama came in and uh, folded like a cheap tent. And now... Trump comes in and says, you know what? We're going to give you those missiles. We're going to put in the missile defense shield. It was agreed to today. So you've got energy agreements with Poland. I imagine the other Baltic states are going to get similar deals. And and you've got uh, missile defense shields agreed to by Trump. And uh, undoing the mistakes of the Obama administration. And uh, I'm afraid he's going to spend most of his year, first year in office doing that. Uh, unmaking the 
treacherous, and disgraceful agenda and legacy of resident Barack Obama. Last thing. Well, you know what? Let me let me go to the break. When we come back, it, it is just odd. There's some things happening behind the scenes that that uh, would take too long to explain. Let's just say that the creator of Dilbert. You guys know the, the comic strip Dilbert. The creator of Dilbert has come into my orbit. Uh, uh, tangentially, let's put it that way. And how odd to see a soundbite of him reflecting on Donald Trump's tweeting. We'll get into that coming up next. It's Chris Salcedo Show on The Blaze. Be right back. You are listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network. You're taking in a little Latin flair with Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. What have we, Ellie, have, what have I said about Donald Trump's tweets? Do you do you pay attention closely enough to even know what that I say about just getting better? <laughs> you you don't know what my stance on the tweets is, do you? No, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have put you on the spot like that. You want to know what you want? My stance on the tweets are. Um, of course I do. Yeah, you guys should see the daggers coming out of her eyes right now. I mean, just, don't put me on the spot. What are you? What's the matter with you? Um, the tweets. I I I love them by and large. Because they help Donald Trump bypass the basket of biased press. And that's why the basket of biased press hates them. Now, I do have a problem with a certain element of Donald Trump's tweets. And I've been very clear that when they step on his own good message, that's when I think they're a problem. When they get in the way of the stated Trump agenda, that's when they become a problem. Otherwise, I look at it as a fantastic communication device to to bypass a corrupted press. A corrupted press that that has been corrupted by and large by individuals like uh, like Mr. Acosta. So, I um. Uh, but before I play Dilbert, Dilbert's creator and his take on these tweets, uh, Scott Adams, I, I want to make that very clear. Now, you're going to hear him get pretty cynical because of the hyperventilating of the basket of biased press and liberals and hell, you've got Democrat lawmakers out there trying to to basically get rid of Donald Trump by declaring him crazy using a little known provision of the 25th amendment problem is problem is you got to get uh vice president pence to go along with it good luck with that folks but they're trying they know they're not gonna it's not gonna achieve anything so that's why it's, it's basically a fundraising mechanism but because everybody is melting down over his tweets here's the dilbert creator scott adams it's time to talk about the end of civilization I hoped it would never come to this, but apparently it has. So, a lot of you uh, probably are aware that uh, President Trump 
has been uh, tweeting specifically about the Morning Joe team, Mika and Joe. And this is one thing that the country seems fairly unified about. Uh, both his supporters and his critics alike are saying that this tweeting is bad business. And it's going to hurt the country. In fact, might even destroy civilization as we know it. And I wanted to uh, tell you how that's going to happen. But first, let me read the tweet. Um, I had it summarized into uh, one, one of my uh, Twitter followers put it into the form of a presidential poem. Low IQ Crazy Mika, along with Psycho Joe, came to Mar-a-Lago three nights in a row. They insisted on joining me, but I said, no. <laughs> so I thought the poetry was was a nice touch, but you, you could tell he's mocking. He is mocking those who are melting down over presidential communications that don't go through what the liberal press determines are proper channels. And I, I just have to tell you, folks, I completely 100% support the tweets, so long as they don't step on the message. And good job from Dilbert creator, Scott Adams. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hour two here on the Chris Salcedo Show, and I'm happy you've tuned in. Coming up, our interview with uh, General Tata. Uh, it's spelled T-A-T-A, folks, and I'm... First off, the general's a very capable guy. I don't want to mispronounce it. I don't want to say Tata. Don't want to say, uh, uh, I, I just don't want to say, I don't want to mispronounce it. So I, I, every single time I look at it, and I'm about ready to tell you about it, I want to make sure I get it right. It is Tata, uh, T-A-T-A. And we'll ask the Brigadier General about uh, all manner of things uh, going on, uh, what's going on in North Korea, what's happening with Donald Trump. Uh, there, there is a soundbite out there by David Ignatius that we will play. And it's basically how Trump is being received around the globe with others who had an up-close and personal experience with President Obama's, shall we say, uh, style in governance. Which was to say, uh, when he was trying to do uh, military operations, he was half-hearted at best because Barack Obama didn't do military operations to win. He did military operations for politics and only when he had to. All right, let's get to the flip around today. We will lead off with the Fox news channel, the economic agenda that America's voted for getting through, particularly with the backdrop of the markets hitting recently all time highs. You couple that uh, just with the sort of angst that you get when the market has come this far this fast and we got the sell-off that we witnessed. Yeah, they just need any excuse to sort of unload some uh, some profits, right? Uh, that's Neil Cavuto and talking with uh, our buddy Charles Payne, who has been on the show, uh, who I really, really like. I like Neil Cavuto as well, but Charles Payne is a, is a great guy. And what they're describing is a Dow Jones and 30 Industrials right now is down 158 points, folks. And I think 
in the in the Wall Street vernacular, it's a sell-off, some profit-taking, if you will. Uh, many are concerned by the meteoric rise of the market, but uh, the backdrop of all of this, of course, is the the protests happening at the G20 summit. They are protesting capitalism. They're protesting freedom. So the leftists are out in the streets. And uh, to to go to the experts on leftists, let's go to uh, MSNBS. On Russia. But two hours earlier in a press conference, he was out there beating up on his favorite targets, the mainstream media, our network here and, and, and CNN uh, across town, calling them fake news and asking the leader of Poland if he agreed yes. with him and then and then uh, really offering some real uh, wishy-washy mucked up language about Russia saying other people in other countries were also involved uh, well, mucked up language huh? well Newt Gingrich has said too that we ought to be looking into the influence of all nations on our elections do you disagree with that who is this well it doesn't really matter some twit on MSNBS he also got the quote from the president wrong. By, he turned over to the, the president there in Poland and asked if he, if he had something similar to the biased press over in his country. But she, she misquoted Trump and then she characterized what Trump had said. These people call themselves news people. Let's go to the guy who asked Barack Obama what enchanted him about his office the hard-hitting jeff zeleny over at cnn distance there and i can tell you just in the last couple minutes since fred Pleitkin was on the air earlier there has been considerably more uh noise more sirens more drums banging more people in the distance so there's no question as night falls here uh, there are uh, police standing by for an uptick in protesters. You can uh, feel that the, the tensions happening, Pamela. Again, so far everything has been uh, peaceful. There's been uh, nothing uh, that we know of out of the normal in these G20 protests. The president, for his part, his motorcade whipped by all of it. We're told he didn't see a thing, Pamela. All right. It's going to be a long night there, as Fred pointed out as well. They still have miles to go in their protest. Jeff Zelny, live in Hamburg, Germany. Thank you very much for that. They have miles to go. Those struggling protesters, those leftists. I mean, do you guys get the, the feeling that these folks in the press have a great deal of sympathy for the leftists? A great deal of, uh, I, I don't know, they seem to identify with these anti-American, anti-capitalist, anti-liberty folks. A lot of these folks in the press identify. They've got a long way to go. <laughs> uh, score to Fox Business. I have mere months after America's bitter civil war, the SS Republic was back. Okay, that's a commercial, I think. I thought they were inside of a... Oh, you know what? That, that kind of freaked me out or, or faked me out because over on Fox Business, they keep the, they keep the ticker going. So I thought they were doing something patriotic, <laughs> but no, it's just a commercial. Uh, they keep the, the ticker for the Dow Jones 30 industrials and the SNP and the NASDAQ. They keep it going. So it kind of the banner in the lower uh, portion of your screen, I guess they emulate the folks over at CNBC. Who, who, by the way, is in programming right now. These index funds really are. And Vanguard's just one of them, by the way. Taking a look at some of the client flows, this is Bank of America, Merrill Lynch's own clients in aggregate and what they've done with regard to single stock trading volumes. <laughs> and then it goes out. Okay. <laughs> I'm not having any luck on the flip around today.
whatsoever. It it says please wait. <laughs> MSNB uh, MSNBS uh, I'm sorry CNBC just went out, just said please wait, and uh, it's gone. And they 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 were just doing uh, their their market watch, so uh, not much as far as uh, politics are concerned there. Uh, but you know, it's all in the backdrop of this G20 summit. That was funny. <laughs> I go to Fox business, nothing going on because they're in a commercial and I go over to MS uh, or CNBC. Sorry. I, I don't mean to lump CNBC in with MSNBC. They're, they're part of the same properties and they, they do have a lot of left-wing bias there on CNBC too. But as far as doing something that is legitimate, CNBC hits the mark more often than MSNBS does by a long shot. Telephone numbers, 888 900 888-900-3393. Poland says U.S. Patriot missile. Uh, we're getting them. Courtesy of Donald Trump. So, and and that is a, that is a good thing, folks. And we told you about this earlier, that... Not only are they going to get these missiles that they've been waiting for since 2008. It was pre-2008 when uh, President Bush had agreed to a missile defense shield because of a belligerent Iran. And then uh, one of Barack Obama's first acts as an incoming president because Vladimir Putin was upset. Um came in and basically said, oh, we're going to put the kibosh on that. And and uh, Barack Obama puckered up and uh, Vladimir Putin showed America his rear end and Mr. Obama said, and took away the missiles. And it took this long and a pro-American, pro-allied president to come back into power to fulfill that promise. So that's where we find ourselves. So uh, not only did... Did we pledge energy supplies to Poland, but also a missile defense shield? And Vladimir Putin, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, that Vladimir Putin sat down and talked to Xi Jinping over in China first before a meeting with Trump at the G20 summit. So uh, I think this sent, if, if you want to do business with the communists, go right ahead do business with the communists. I'm not going to, if you want a friend of the United States, you better start giving us something. And if not, then we're going to start taking care of business. That's a message that's being sent to the Chinese and to the Russians alike. Uh, be right back folks. It's Chris Salcedo show here on the blaze. Conservative talk. Spicy. This is the Chris Salcedo show only on the blaze radio network. Chris Salcedo Show. Listen, dial, speak. 888 900 3393. As I traveled across Syria, meeting with uh, Syrian uh, fighters who were trying to take down the regime of Bashar al-Assad, every time the name President Trump was mentioned, there were there were cheers from the audience. Uh, once a Syrian Kurdish commander uh, used a vulgar term in Spanish, it would be cojones to describe the, what President uh, Trump has got. And why- <laughs> That's David Ignatius from the Washington Post, who was surprised that 
freedom fighters all over the globe are elated with the change at the top here in the United States because actually America is back. And we are hearing that throughout Europe, throughout uh, the, Czech, uh, the Czech Republic, Poland, the Baltic states. We're hearing it all over the globe. America is back. And it's uh, it's about time and it's just in time because things are really degrading fast out there. Let's talk about this and and many other things. Retired Brigadier General Tony Tata. He served in the United States Army for 28 years before retiring in 2009. His latest combat tour was in Afghanistan in 2007, where he earned the Combat Action Badge and Bronze Star Medal. He's a national bestselling author of several books. His latest is Three Minutes to Midnight. Uh, General Tato, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. Sir, can you hear me? I can, yes, now. Hey, Gen- uh, General, I am glad, uh, glad to have you here, sir. Uh, first off, let's, let's start off what David Ignatius was talking about in, in the Middle East and the effort against ISIS. Uh, there seems to be success, success after success in ISIS, and many are crediting Donald Trump's uh, getting out of the way of of his generals letting his generals and those on the ground make the calls whereas in the last administration they were micromanaged not me saying it this was even uh, guys like leon panetta saying they were micromanaged to death from uh political bureaucrats inside of the uh inside of the west wing uh, do you think this is a a good move by the president and that's why we're seeing success yeah, chris you're exactly right i i think that uh, you know, President Obama was um, an extreme micromanager. Ash Carter uh, was a policy wonk from Harvard, knew nothing about combat or war fighting. And, and so what we've got now is guys like Mattis and uh, McMaster in there advising President Trump. And President Trump's a, a leader that, uh, you know, uh, divests and, and uh, delegates power. Uh, to the people that are closest to the action. And that's when you get the best results. We have very, very good leadership in the military today on the ground prosecuting these wars. And by loosening the rules of engagement, and for example, even in Afghanistan, General McNicholson was able to drop you know, the largest non-nuclear bomb in our arsenal, uh, essentially. So massive ordnance airburst um, bomb. And uh, a few months ago, it made big news when he did that uh, on in Tora Bora Mountains on ISIS hideouts there in Afghanistan. And the same thing we're seeing here, you know, that ever since January 20th, the uh, fight in Mosul and Raqqa um, has accelerated. And uh, also notice that uh, we are in Syria with boots on the ground fighting ISIS. It's it's sort of gone under the radar a little bit, and I think the mainstream media doesn't want to give President Trump uh, credit for any of the success. But, uh, the, you know, we have al-Baghdadi on the run. Uh, we are uh, reclaiming terrain that we had won during the Iraq war and uh, under Obama's watch then lost to ISIS when he – when he called them the junior varsity and, and now we have reclaimed it again and, and, uh, or, or in the process. So yes, uh, absolutely. Leadership makes a difference. Uh, president Obama was the most incompetent, uh, foreign policy president in the history of the United States. And, and, uh, we have paid a dear price for his utter lack of interest and pure incompetence in foreign policy. 
Oh, yeah, indeed. And he surrounded himself with a whole bunch of of politicos uh, and a bunch of weasels, Democrat and liberal weasels, whose main objective wasn't to win military objectives. Their main objective was to play politics and use the fighting men and women of the United States military as political pawns. And they were, it got so bad, uh, General, we all heard the stories, that, uh, that administration officials were calling up generals on the battlefield and wondering, gee, that might not play well in the press and trying to get them to change their battle tactics so it could fit some stupid political narrative, their left-wing uh, political narrative back home. Let's switch, if we can, uh, to what's going on in North Korea. I've heard it often said, General, there, there are no good solutions here. Where do you see the situation with Kim jong uh, uh, Kim Jong-un going? Well, you know, what I see, Chris, right now is the, the big thing that sort of has the <clears throat> any response or deterrent option that we use uh, checkmated a little bit is that North Korea's um, center gravity is their artillery, their non-nuclear artillery. They have very, very good conventional Artillery. These are uh, Russian-style long-range artillery that can shoot for several miles, uh, high-explosive 155, 185 projectiles uh, that are, you know, have you know 100-meter blast radius, and and they have thousands of these pieces. Uh, I want to say four to five thousand artillery pieces in their inventory. Several thousand of those are on the border and can range Seoul, Korea, with 10 to 15 to 20 million people, depending upon which artillery weapon we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So anything that we do, uh, all they've got to do is pull the lanyard one time on all these artillery pieces, and a lot happens in Seoul that's not good. Death, destruction, tens of thousands of people will be um, hurt and killed in the first salvo. And so... Uh, anything that we do that would trigger them pulling those lanyards uh, is is uh, you know not good for the economy, the people, or anything of South Korea, which is not good for the world. Uh, thinking in macro terms, you're, you've got Japan, South Korea, and China, three of the world's largest um, economic drivers, right there. So there's yeah. a lot hang, hanging in the balance here. Well, General, I've only got about I've only got about 30 seconds here before the bottom of the hour uh, update here. So let me just ask you really quickly about China, because you mentioned them. Are they a friend or foe in this regard? Because they don't seem to be behaving like grownups in all of this. No, I I don't I don't think they're a friend at all. I think what they are is a geopolitical player that's going to serve their best interests. And if you noticed on the G20 meeting, uh, President Xi is meeting with Putin before Putin meets with um, Trump. So yep. that's, that's, um, you know, this is high stakes poker going on right now. And Russia and China, uh, their gambit ha- has been to, um, broker a deal with North Korea. North Korea will stop testing if America gets its troops out of the Korean, Korean peninsula and quits its military exercises. Well, that's Russia and China serving their interests to diminish American power in that region. So well, I think they're going to be serving their own interests. General, I think you're at your spot on about that. Retired Brigadier General Tony Tata, everybody. The book, the name of it is called Three Minutes to Midnight. Pick it up. Sir, we'll get you back on. It was a pleasure speaking with you. 
Great, Chris. Thank you. All right, and before we scoot off to the break, let me just revisit, if we can, that soundbite from David Ignatius. To say something that in some ways is, is uh, uh, sympathetic to, to, to Trump, but as I traveled across Syria meeting with um, Syrian uh, fighters who were trying to take down the regime of Bashar al-Assad, every time the name President Trump was mentioned, there were, there were cheers from the audience. Uh, once a Syrian Kurdish commander uh, used a vulgar term in Spanish, it would be cojones to describe the, what President uh, Trump has got. Yeah, what Trump has got and what President Obama didn't have. Why they, why they like him. More seriously, um, the big attacks that have taken place around Raqqa, one in particular, a surprise landing by helicopter, I was told by the top U.S. commanders would not have taken place if it hadn't been for President Trump's decision to delegate military authorities mm -hmm. down to the level of command. Down to the level of command. Now, there is more to this. David Ignatius wasn't done. And putting the decision-making process in the general's hands, he... The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo. One in particular, a surprise landing by helicopter, I was told by the top U.S. commanders would not have taken place if it hadn't been for President Trump's decision to delegate military authorities mm -hmm. down to the level of command. I mean, under Obama, that would have taken a couple weeks of White House meetings, and then they still wouldn't have made up their mind. I, that is so pointed and so true. And as we, we touched base with the general, that... During the era of President Obama, those who were making decisions were, as I, what did I call them, weasels, liberal weasels who were worried about politics rather than actually winning a battle. And of course, they should never have been given authority to tell generals what to do, but they were by Obama's White House because they were playing politics with uh, our fighting men and women. And President Obama had no desire to win anything for the United States. Uh, whether it was uh, correcting his mistake of the formation of ISIS, and the formation of ISIS was 100% Barack Obama's responsibility. And uh, he was, and we said this from the very beginning, it was all window dressing, doing the bare bones minimum just to claim he was doing something and the folks who are on the ground who were dying living with the consequences of barack obama's screw-up and his unwillingness to fix his screw-up uh were gratified to hear that america was under new management and that listen to the evaluation again and then listen to what this engagement meant to the overall effort. Not have taken place if it hadn't been for President Trump's decision to delegate military authorities mm -hmm. down to the level of command. I mean, under Obama, that would have taken a couple weeks of White House meetings and then they still wouldn't have made up their mind. In this case, there was not one meeting. They just said to General Townsend, who's the commander in Baghdad, you decide. And three days later, these Kurds who'd never seen a, an airplane or helicopter had been helicoptered across the lake for a surprise attack that is probably the most daring and decisive of the war. 
the most daring and decisive of the war. That's David Ignatius from the Washington Post saying that a decisive action would never have happened under resident Obama. Because the man was always busy navel-gazing. And he never wanted to be seen as standing up for the United States of America. And he never was. And he never did. We said this yesterday. We heard Nikki Haley talking about uh, talking to the United Nations about the actions of North Korea. And you got the impression, and we said this yesterday, that there was a new sheriff in town. That this isn't the old regime. This is a, a new administration that is saying, we take world security and our own security seriously. So much so that we, are, we see what North Korea is doing, and if you're supporting North Korea, guess what? You're just as bad. The United States is prepared to use the full range of our capabilities to defend ourselves and our allies. One of our capabilities lies with our considerable military forces. We will use them if we must, but we prefer not to have to go in that direction. We have other methods of addressing those who threaten us and of addressing those who supply the threats. We have great capabilities in the area of trade. President Trump has spoken repeatedly about this. I spoke with him at length about it this morning. There are countries that are allowing, even encouraging, trade with North Korea in violation of UN Security Council resolutions. Such countries would also like to continue their trade such countries would also like to continue their trade arrangements with the United States. That's not going to happen. So, not only is she and Trump putting the North Koreans on notice. But if you're like <clears throat> China and other people who were saying, well, um, we're going to want to make money off the communists and their destabilization of the world. Guess what? You're not going to be able to use America to trade. You're not going to be able to trade with America to continue to do that. We're not going to support your efforts. You're either going to work with us. Or you're going to work with the communists. You're either going to work with us, you're going to work with the freedom-robbing individuals over in North Korea. You're not going to be able to have both. So, uh, again, just a change in tone and of mindset. Uh, we mentioned Colin Kaepernick yesterday. Uh, Ellie, were you, uh, were you listening when I talked about... You know, do you know who Colin Kaepernick is? No. He is... Um, the former quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, he was over in what he refers to as his home, Ghana. I'm assuming he's an American, so I assume he's talking about his ancestral home. Anyway, he went over there and trashed the United States of America <laughs> on, on the 4th of July. <sighs> and I also expressed that since... Colin Kaepernick doesn't do anything because he goes, no, for some, for some odd reason, nobody wants to, uh, nobody wants to hire him over here. Uh, for those of you who don't remember, Colin Kaepernick was the, the idiot, Black Lives Matter fool who would not stand for the, for the national anthem during football games. He would take a knee. Yeah, that guy. So anyway, uh, that's going on, and in the state in which I broadcast, hey, this was national news, so I can tell you all about it. We're coming up on the anniversary of those five police officers who were gunned down 
by some Black Lives Matter kook. Remember, these what was what was ironic about this is that these five police officers were on duty that night protecting Black Lives Matter protesters. And some left-wing freak who believed all of the rhetoric that was being spewed by Democrats and by the sitting occupier of the Oval Office, Barack Obama, decided that uh, he was going to take matters into his own hands and go and go shooting people, cops, because they didn't like cops. And we all know the sound bites, you know, pigs in a blanket, frying like bacon. That's that's the Black Lives Matter mantra. And by the way, do you guys remember when Deputy Darren Goforth down in Houston was slain? And we told you guys about that. Well, there was a Black Lives Matter leader by the name of King Noble. Spelled as it sounds, King Noble. Little experiment, when you get a chance, go to Google. Try to find the video that I'm about ready to play a portion of. You can't find it. You know why? Because it's been stricken from the web. Because Black Lives Matter had a real hard time claiming they were a peaceful organization when they had protests in the streets, pigs in a blanket, frying like bacon, and calling for the death of cops and white people, like King Noble had done. By the way, there was a Blaze write-up on on King Noble. The Blaze has a write-up on him. The videos that were embedded in the Blaze write-up are no longer any good because somebody took them down. As typical leftists do, they, they want to propagandize and they want to hide the truth to perhaps one day change history, re- revisionist history. Oh no, King, King Noble never said this. To me, what the Houston, Texas brutal execution before the public represents to me is this open season on killing whites and white police officers and probably killing cops, period. It's open season. Now, he may have been successful, or the Black Lives Matter organization may have been successful, or Democrat Party, whoever, whoever's ever behind these people. Some, some left-wing constituency may have been successful of scrubbing this little rant from this Black Lives Matter leader off the, off the Internet. But guess what? We still have it. We live in a time where the white man will be picked off and there's nothing he can do about it. His day is up. His time is up. We will witness more executions and killing of white people and cops than we ever had before. We see with the Houston, Texas shooting and we see with the news reporting shooting in Virginia. It's about to go down. It's open season on killing white people and crackers. So uh, you guys will have a hard time finding anything on this guy. They're, they're trying to scrub him. And this got me thinking today to the nature of our political adversaries and enemies. This, this type of revisionist history was undertaken by left-wing despotic regimes throughout human history. It never happened but no, I saw it. It not happened. It did not happen. And we're seeing something to this effect now. 
with this guy in particular. Why? Because every conservative talk show host in the country played this. And part of the left wing's ability to succeed is to be able to convince you that they are not who they really are. And this is who they really are. White people with a misconception about their racial identity and their their supremacy, their lack of compassion for minorities, taking advantage of the lack of political power that minorities have. They're just overall devilishment. Their desire to dominate over other people and to exploit other people for the economic gains of their counties and their states. This will be the responsibility of deaths to come of white people and white police officers and the deaths that have already taken place in the past. You're responsible, Cracker. You're responsible for the death of white cops. Yeah. You know what? I think we paid our penance. We uh, elected the first black president twice. And uh, we paid a dear price in this country for it. He, uh, he did your, he did, your work, King Noble, he worked very hard to harm the United States of America. I think we've paid our penance. I think we're done now. I don't think we want to tolerate you folks anymore. You racists, you violent thugs in Black Lives Matter and in every other left-wing group, because we all know what you're doing. This isn't about some race war. This isn't about some advancement of equality it's about one thing it's about advancing liberalism it's about advancing collectivism and control over other people and we'll fight you on it every step of the way i'll be back in a minute keep up with the chris salcedo show on facebook and on twitter at chris salcedo tx just another way to stay in touch with chris The Chris Salcedo Show. Um, wanted to make a mention really quickly, too, as we're marking the solemn anniversary in, in the state of Texas, in the city of Dallas, tomorrow, of those five police officers gunned down. There was one that was gunned down in New York City. Assassinated, they are saying. And we took exception to this, to this atmosphere that was created by the American left over the last eight years. On the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page, downright tragedy. This officer sitting in the in this van, this command center, this rolling command center, and some guy just shows up with a gun and just guns her down. Beautiful black police officer uh, who, of course, just, just doing her duty and was, and was assassinated for no reason. That was how the constabulary is putting it. Last thing I wanted to talk about was... Uh, this case out of, out of England, Charlie Gard, 11-month-old 11, 11 baby who's in bad shape. And the courts over there have said, nope, we're not going to let him go to get treatment elsewhere. And uh, Krauthammer was asked about this last night. Listen to all of his response. If I were the judge to come in asked to make a ruling, I would allow the child to die. He can't see, he can't hear, he can't speak, he can't swallow, and he has no control, he can't move, and he has terrible epilepsy. 
I've had a breathing tube in me for weeks on end, as he does, and it is a life of agony and great distress. I could protest I was an adult, he can't. But I'm not the objective judge, and I think there's one principle that overrides all this, and that is, in the end, it should be the parents who decide. You've got to have a highest authority here, it seems to me. The highest authority always has to be the parents. I don't believe for a minute that there's a treatment that's going to make a difference. But if the parents want to try it, we ought to let them. I kind of agree with his last sentiment. The ultimate authority to the benefit of the child cannot be the state. It must always remain the parents. Now, here in America, we find the concept of the state taking over the well-being of our children foreign. But they've gone down this road in Europe. And there's another bit of subtext here, folks. Remember, we talked the last couple of days about the medical system over in the UK, how it is socialist, and how it is under fire, mostly from conservatives in a free market like the United States. And there is an element over there that if this child can be helped in a capitalist system, that it would undermine the message to the British people that socialism is the answer to everything. And they can't allow that to happen. So I believe there are some over there who were willing to let this little baby die so that socialism and left-wing ideology can live on. Remember, everybody, a society's worth is not measured by how much power is seized by its government, but rather how much power is reserved for we, the people. Friday, tomorrow. See you then, folks. This is The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of the next generation of talk radio. This is the Blaze Radio Network.